Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Let me paint a mental image. Summery Friday night, crowd cheering, stands full of fans, the sound of body-to-body impact. You've probably guessed it by now. We're talking high school football, a staple event at any sports-centric community. Maybe what doesn't immediately come to mind is a multi-million dollar LED display showcasing highlights in slow motion and illuminating the crowd with sponsors and promotions. This professional sports experience on a high school level is a reality now, and with this high-quality technology comes amazing benefits and growing pains. On this episode of the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, we're joined by Clint Burgess, Senior Event Production and On-Site Tech Manager for Nevco. After 11 years at Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, Burgess knows the impact high school and collegiate football can have on an institution, both culturally and financially. He comes on the podcast to break down the creative ways LED stadium displays are bringing communities closer together, bringing revenue to schools, and some of the difficulties in training local users on the full capacities of a rich, versatile LED screen. Clint, how are you doing today? Great to have you on the podcast. Doing just fine. How about yourself? I am great. Uh, you know, it's a it's a great day here at Market Scale. Being very productive. How about on on your end? Doing a lot. It, it has been a busy morning. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't blame you. Sometimes sometimes the best mornings are the busiest. Right. But yeah, I'm excited to dig into this topic. We are going to break down Pro AV displays in a sports and entertainment world. And, you know, being adaptable with these displays, finding the right display for the right stadium, um, finding ways to optimize displays for things like social media and uh, high definition video, 4K, you know, kind of pushing the limits of what a Pro AV display can bring uh, for that great experience in the stadium. I'm excited to dive in. Um, Before we do that, I was looking over your bio and I saw that you brought the ESPN3 initiative to Lamar University. That's pretty crazy. Tell me a bit about that. It it was a fun adventure. I I can't lie to you. We we were approached and I think... uh 2013, uh, the Southland Conference had been uh, utilizing a lot of the ESPN3 initiatives. Now it's kind of really the plus more so, but you know, a couple institutions within the the conference ourselves were were already migrating or, or beginning that process, and so we kind of we kind of jumped on the bandwagon pretty quick and brought it in. And it, it is it's a massive undertaking. It's it's a lot of uh, planning. It's a lot of uh, executing. Uh, and you know, the most important thing is you have to have good people around you. So. And I encourage a lot of major institutions or even lower in Division ones and, and, and on down. Uh, it's it's a great recruiting tactic for your institution, respectively, and more so uh, in the athletics regime of things as well. Because, again, you know, you can sit there and watch, you know, mom and dad in Virginia can watch their baby in Southern California play. So that's always a plus. So, But 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 from a technical perspective, there was a lot, a lot to it, uh, especially when you try to do what we're getting ready to talk about. The, uh, the the video board side of it to try to do two shows at once. It uh, it makes it for a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I mean, just the coordination angle of it and <laughs> delivering on the product is a challenge in, in and of itself. And then actually integrating the product and making sure that it is optimized for its use is a whole nother conversation. It's like you're it's like you're battling two big monsters at once. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean that's. 
you know, in the production world, in the broadcast world, you know, especially with display side, a lot of schools that are doing these these joint productions, whether it's with Eleven Sports or a regional outlet or Fox Sports, it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's you're, you're trying to kill two birds with one stone, and when you find that happy medium between the two, and you have a healthy situation going, uh, it can be very beneficial on multiple fronts, from inventory and sponsorships all the way down to people, our students, our freelancers, uh, our local folks. It was a lot of fun. Well, let's jump into the main topic here, and I want to approach it first from a business angle. So you know, bringing video displays into a game day atmosphere, I feel like nowadays is pretty typical. Uh, you know, you you see the overhead displays, um, either they're streaming the game or, you know, you've got some, you know, cheer as loud as you can, right? Like just any mix of engaging the audience or zooming in and showing really detailed portions, replays. It's part of the game day experience. If you don't have it, it's pretty archaic. But how are you seeing the evolved version of the video display sort of benefit some of these teams and some of these stadiums? You know, which teams and and stadiums are you seeing adapting to new, higher quality video displays? And how is that correlating directly to a better experience, more fans, more engaged players? You know, what what are you seeing on that end? I don't want to use the word segregate, but I kind of have to between high school and college a little bit. But I think, firstly, from a high school perspective, uh, what you're kind of seeing is is probably about the the prior five to maybe even eight years, uh, you were really seeing a, a lot of ads get involved, and we want it because this school's got it or that school got it. Remember, I'm in Texas, so uh, you know everything's bigger in Texas. But on the high school side, you know you're you're seeing a really, I think people from a high school side really started figuring out the bread and butter here relatively recently. And here's where I'm going with this. A lot of institutions, especially here in Texas, started realizing that from a CTE perspective, there's really a twofold of this, but from a CTE perspective, uh, we can start utilizing the AV classes within the district to uh, help run these video boards. Always a cost uh, initiative there because, again, instead of having to pay somebody, or you, it's considered class credit. But on the flip side of that, what they're also seeing is, is that, again, if you can obtain hypothetically $10,000 in revenue or maybe 20, again, that number's whatever, uh, what's happening is they're kind of seeing a twofold here. And what's happening is it's it's appeasing the curriculum side of things within the district. It's appeasing the the donors and the sponsors within the district to be able to have their ability to be up on the board for the KISS cam or whatever it may be. So a lot of high schools have uh, in Texas, and I can speak probably from the regionality as well, uh, have really sat down and seen that, look, we can utilize these kids, bring them in. That gets them the opportunity to be in the classroom and get a, a hands-on experience. But on the same topic, uh, we can actually go out and sell these sponsorships, get a little money for it, pay for itself, and bring a unique fan experience to it. From the college side of it, uh, you know, realistically speaking, being around, you know, again, a, a division one institution for a while, it, it's really become the norm. Uh, and the reason being is, is because uh, it makes your game day. It makes your atmosphere. It makes uh, your fan engagement go up and it makes your uh, facilities environment go up. So there's a from a from a collegiate standpoint, there's just, a you know, again, I guess it's, it's becoming the norm is the best way to put that. Right. Well, I mean, and speaking personally from my experience in Texas, because I'm also a Texas guy myself. Uh, I went to McKinney Boyd High School, and the entire McKinney sect 
which is just sort of a suburb north of Dallas. They just got a multi-million dollar stadium put in place that has giant, uh, you know, video screens on it and displays that are top notch and professional level. So, I mean, you're starting to set a precedent that even at the high school level, you're getting professional video displays, you're getting a professional fan experience. And I think it's it's almost going to work its way from the bottom up. Like, okay, if high schools have this technology, what is a pro stadium going to bring to the table that's pushing, you know, a new, more um, authentic experience even forward? Well, and you're seeing this unique parody kind of accumulate, I guess is the best way to say that. Uh, you know, you, you're, I, I know here in Texas, uh, and I know we're probably going to harp on that because we're from Texas, but – what you're kind of seeing is, is, is again, you're starting to see uh, 4As and, and, and even now that we've got a 6A, you're starting to see some of these smaller schools get involved with it. And that's because, again, they've realized that they can let kids be involved with this and the other. And you're seeing this kind of gap that's happening. Uh, you know, Katie just opened a massive stadium over here uh, outside of Houston. You've got McKinney. You've got Allen. You've got some of these, these very, very large 20,000-seat, down here, 20,000-seat stadiums and you know they're having it but then you're seeing this kind of gap where a lot of the lower institutions in the division one there's 347 division one institutions and just you know for namesake you know nefco we've actually pulled in some of the swacks that are in those lower markets and you're starting to see those guys get really involved because there is a mass revenue opportunity it's a mass revenue opportunity it engages your fans in so many outlooks of it but these smaller schools, you're starting to see these three A's, even in my hometown near Lufkin, you're starting to see some of them get involved with it. And the reason being is, is because, again, they're seeing that we have an opportunity for revenue. We have an opportunity for the kids to get involved. And really a bigger factor is a communal, quote unquote, a community factor that a lot of the community goes. I, I, I Just case in point, just off the cuff here. Uh, I literally just followed somebody on Lufkin Panther Sports and they literally got an argument over whose video board was the biggest between them and Longview. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow, these, they're still having these conversations because used to it was, well, who had the bigger stadium and who's got the better jersey? And now it's getting to the point, well, who's got the bigger video board? And that's really what it's boiling down to is a lot of these, these ADs, these soups, uh, these school boards, uh, you know, curriculum directors are starting to realize there's a lot of mitigating factors here that we can benefit a lot of areas, not just the football coach and not just the AD. We can benefit so much more within the community with it. So let's look to the technological side of things now. How have video displays in the athletics, uh, whether it's professional D1 sports or it's high school athletics, how have they evolved and what kind of new features or optimization opportunities are being brought to the table? Because I feel like we're getting moments now where – you want to toss up social media feeds up on the big board and you want to show real time what people are tweeting. You know, how are you adapting to, you know, take information that is on a small scale, blowing it up, also, you know, expanding the quality of cameras, expanding the resolution capabilities. What are you seeing coming through this market and how are things evolving? Well, you're seeing from a display standpoint, displays are getting tighter. And when we call them tighter, that means they're getting better meal, uh, you know, the distance between the actual LED uh, digit itself. But you're seeing a lot tighter displays come into play. You know, when I got in the business, 30, 32 mil was was a great day. And now you're starting to see, uh, you know, from a Nefco perspective, 
Uh, a 10 and a 6 is pretty traditional, and they're getting ready to make that migration here pretty quick to a 6 and a 4. So you start from, from that standpoint, you're starting to see displays get tighter. What that means is, is there's more pixels in a board, which means you can pump more of an HD signal to it. So you're getting a much better image coming down the pipe. And that's becoming cost effective across the board, not just for us as a vendor, but also for everybody else. I think from an equipment standpoint, you're seeing a lot of diversification of equipment across the board. Everything from the high-end guys and Ross all the way down to the TriCasters and uh, the basic clients that a lot of vendors have for their uh, respective boards. You're seeing a lot of, of that technology begin to migrate to more data-based, uh, to more image-based. Uh, clip servers are clip servers. You know, you're know, you going to be able to play things out. You're going to be able to, to play music out. That's, that's not going to change. But you're get, beginning to see the kind of this, this change of how data plays a massive factor into it how realistically, like you just mentioned, how you're migrating social media into it. Not a lot of people are really using that social media aspect yet, and they will when it starts trickling down. Uh, you know, We used it uh, at our institution uh, previously, and we used it there. Uh, and it, 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 you could literally, you could not even put the game up. You could leave that up there the entire game, and people were just sitting there taking selfies just to get up on the board. So that's that fan engagement. That's that environmental engagement that you want. Uh, but again, from a technology perspective, as I kind of tell people all the time, uh, producing shows or producing uh, you know games, it doesn't matter. Those things don't change. Uh, what you may go to college for, what you may be on the job training for, those things don't change. You, building blocks for a show doesn't change. It's how you get there. And that can be from uh, the creative process or the tech technology process as well. But you're starting to see, again, this, this unique kind of blend of how Data is coming into it more. Social media is coming into it more. Uh, and you're starting to see technology kind of bend a little bit towards the display side a little bit. Uh, for years, everything we had from, from it didn't matter if it was Ross or it didn't matter if it was uh, router based. It didn't matter. They were bending towards the broadcast side. Well, now the broadcast side is beginning to flip back a little bit towards the display side, in my opinion. Because, again, you're starting to see these schools that have to do dual shows or they're utilizing equipment for you know killing two birds with one stone. So I think you're seeing this unique kind of trend that's beginning to kind of migrate things. And, and I think things, as long as these boards begin to continue to get tighter, these boards begin to kind of get more cost efficient and more uh, energy efficient to a certain extent, uh, I think you're going to see this trend continue to go. Will it all happen tomorrow? Probably not. Next week? Probably not. Uh, but down the road, absolutely. I think you'll. I think within a year or two, I think you're going to see some new technology come out that'll be that'll be cutting cutting edge, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like it's all providing positives. Whether it's a tighter display, like you said, more cost efficient, more energy efficient. But I wanted to know, with these pushes in technology, uh, are there any new difficulties in the installation or on the provider's side? Are there any new challenges that arise, whether it's with getting new data on those boards, higher quality video, whether it's social media, or maybe it has to do with those uh, tighter resolutions? Any new issues? I, I'm seeing, you know, from my perspective, and I think from, from the smallest school you want to pick to maybe even the largest to a certain extent, I'm seeing staffing be somewhat of a problem. Um, and in conjunction with staffing, I think uh, – I think the education side of it as well. And the reason being is, is that you're seeing a lot of institutions come in and say, you know, hey, we've got this great board. It looks great. And, and, you know, we provide all this training to go with you and give you everything. 
but they they haven't been like some people in the industry where they go to Rockets games and watch what they're doing, or they don't get to see those things. So what happens inevitably is is they know they've got these these great, uh, you know, oh we got this great million dollar board, oh it's great whatever, but they don't know how to get it up there. And we do, you know, NFK we do a pretty good job of training and getting those guys to where they need to be. Uh, but some of the things when we leave out the door, those are things that, that has to be kind of continued. And so we're seeing staffing uh, in conjunction with just knowledge base being something that I kind of see. I think the technology side, I think automation is going to be, you know, the, a little bit of the future. You know, again, I, as I told you before, I don't think it's going to be Alexa cut the camera through or anything. But I think you'll get to the point where there will be some better automation, uh, whether it's on switchers, whether it's on data, whether it's it's plug and play type situations. So I think those are going to begin to kind of change the game a little bit, like we just mentioned. But I think for the short term, again, I think it's really staffing and knowledge base is really what I kind of see is coming up because this is all great stuff to have. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to play with this stuff. It's unique to play with this stuff. Everybody wants to be the camera on the big board. Uh, but it's it's finding those people, getting them engaged, training them up, letting them bind to your system, how you're running a show, and then getting them down the road. And, and, and in, in the same context, letting them understand that they have to continue their knowledge base of how they're learning stuff within the show. Right. You know, it almost makes me think of the old adage, uh, you know, give a give a man a fish and he eats for a day, but teach a man to fish and, you know, he, he'll feed himself for life. Like that kind of idea of, okay, you can walk in as an installer and give these beautiful boards to a high school and then say, all right, yeah, here's kind of more or less how you use it and then leave. And then honestly, maybe they'll get some use out of it, but they won't fully understand the capabilities. Or if, you know, whoever is staffing and running these boards on a consistent basis isn't trained on all aspects of it or doesn't really have time to dig in on their own time, then yeah, I could see that being a major issue. It's a difficult thing because you don't want to necessarily just say, all right, we'll give you this and now it's your responsibility to learn how to use it. I think it needs to come from the Pro-AV community itself. How are you seeing, whether it's distributors or manufacturers or anyone that's giving this great new technology to high schools, to colleges, how are you seeing them lead the way for education to make sure everyone's getting the most out of it and continuing to push the limits? Well, I think that, that that's where, you know, per se, like Nevco, uh, and I'm just using uh, as an example, I think that that's really where we're beginning to uh, shape and shift that process. You know, I've been around this business long enough that, you know, I've seen some people that you buy a Cadillac and they drop the keys off and say, congratulations, you got a new Cadillac. And I've seen some people come in that, you know, I literally to this day, I love them to death, but I can't get them to quit calling me because they're, they're checking on me every five minutes. So <laughs> right. I guess the best way to put it is, is, you know, a lot of the different vendors, whether we sub that out to whatever for a control room or for whatever it may, may be, a lot of these vendors are catching on with the edge of, of online training or online videos and kind of getting them, uh, again, more tools, more ample tools that are evergreen. Uh, for these folks to sit there and learn from and pick and choose from what they need to know. You know, and that goes back to, to institutions institutions determining from the get-go and having adequate people uh, be over the boards or facilitate the boards and so on. And so kind of, you know, that that's really the first thing I always tell people is, you know, who do you have? What, where are you going? What, what, who, who's, running the, who, who's running this joint, so to speak? And then, you know, once you, you, once you kind of talk to that person, you kind of find out, hey, they're doing this for an academia standpoint, or maybe they're doing it because they love their school and they love their community. It doesn't matter. 
But uh, at the end of the day, a lot of the vendors that you're seeing come in, whether that's New Tech, whether that's Ross, uh, you know, all of them have their respective training processes. Uh, but a lot of them are getting more hands-on with those with those uh, those folks because uh, they're seeing that hey, this is coming back on us. You know, we want to put a good product out. And so I think that as long as you've got some some folks like that, vendors like that, that are willing to go out there and say, hey, here's what we got. You get a day training, half day training. And you mesh that with what somebody like a Nevco is getting ready to do, where we go in there, we really scale that process for that institution itself to sit down and say, okay, here's what you can do. Realistically, here's what you can do. And here's where you should be shooting for. And so that's and a lot of it, again, goes back to that knowledge base. A lot of these people, they don't get to go to a Cowboys game or a Spurs game or a Pelicans game and see what's out there. Um, so they have to rely on us, and they have to rely on a little bit what's out in the, the real market to say, hey, here's some things we want to do. You know, Here's what we want to do. And that's where we come in to kind of assist that to say, here's how you do it. Once that's over with, you know, it's you guys to sit down and actually re- you know. Re- you know, repeat that process and, and get, get savvy on it. Right. I mean, to a degree, as the technology gets more in-depth and more expansive in its capabilities and applications, instead of the human element um, being pulled further from it, it's almost integrated even more. You can build, I think, more personal relationships with clients, with these schools as a, a pro-AV provider and, you know, help coach them to how how can they get the best um, use, whether it's in the stadium or whether it's outside, you know, with, with sponsorship and donors and finding ways to monetize uh, their video displays. Uh, that whole relationship is very human, very authentic. And it's cool to see that as technology gets better, so does the human element of it instead of what you might think is, okay, technology gets better. Let's get the people out of here and let the tech do its job. And that's, and then you brought up a good point. Uh, here's the deal. At the end of the day, uh, when I came on board with Nevco, one of the things I kind of, you know, used as, I wouldn't say a selling point, but for myself to, to a lot of the higher ups was we, we need to maintain and foster great relationships. Because these are these are guys and girls that, you know, they may be in small town Mississippi. They may be in Boston. We don't know. Uh, but the point is, is that they may not get to see what we get to see. Um, I was fortunate enough to be at a Division One institution for a while, and I've been in the junior college game and so on. But I, I've been around the block a little bit. So for myself, I have no problems with passing on my knowledge. And that's what I kind of tell people is, look, I mean, you ask me, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, what you need to get that equipment there. I'll tell you how many kids it takes. I'll tell you how many cameras it takes, so on, so on. And so we have to have a, a great foster relationships uh, with the AV people, the CTE people, the ADs, the superintendents, the community leaders, you name it. Uh, because at the end of the day, it isn't just that. It's our name on it as well. And we want to make sure that these guys and girls, again, have a great product. They're selling their sponsorships. They're getting revenue. They're teaching kids in the process. The community loves it. We can keep going down the list, but you see where I'm going. And I think that that's something that I, I'm personally personally uh, indebted to because, again, somebody gave me that opportunity at one time. And I feel that, you know, I need to pass my knowledge on to the next guy. And at Nevco, I'm just glad to be doing it. Yeah, well, and it's great that you take pride in that human element of it because I think that's what's going to help propel the technology and the uses for the technology even further forward. So 
Thanks so much, Clint, for coming on the podcast and giving us this insight into how Pro AV displays are evolving in stadiums, um, how they're making their way down to high schools, how people are finding really unique ways to use them, and how Pro AV providers are having to learn to educate a little more deeply and build those human connections uh, with their clients. So thanks again for coming on, Clint. I really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate it, man. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.